Download and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasting from the JNK Twin Studios. This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown, an in-depth look at a Red season, player, or game. Now, here's your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. Welcome to Reds Fans Chatter Breakdown. I'm Scott Evans. Uh, this is going to be a replay episode. We're going to look back at the career of Joey Votto from an episode we recorded earlier this year. Uh, that you can find in the archives, but this one is just going to be all about Joey. That one we also covered some of the news and notes that were going on in Reds baseball of that week. But without further ado, here it is, Joey Votto. All right, let's talk about Joey Votto. Okay. Everybody has an opinion on Joey Votto. Uh, some of it is good, and some of it is just wrong. Yeah. But uh, anyway, depends who you talk to, I guess. Right, right, right. But uh, anyway, let's uh, talk a little bit about his uh, early life. He was born in Canada. I think everybody knows that. Uh, his uh, mom's name was Wendy, and his dad's name was Joseph. Uh, he's born in Toronto. Grew up in uh, a district of I can't pronounce. It. I thought he was always born in Vaughan, Canada, which. Uh, has a very or had a very awesome mall up there. It was one of the biggest malls I've been to, and that's still active. Like they didn't have empty storefronts or anything. Um, I've never been to Canada. It, it is an awesome place. But uh, anyway, Canada, hey, okay, I'm sorry. Go <laughs> super nice people there. Went went to uh, a game in uh, in 2017 there. Saw the Reds get beat 17-2, to two, left in the fifth inning after somebody said, if you don't leave early, um, you'll never get out of the parking lot because we parked underneath Sky Dome. And, uh, awesome. And, and, and the game was 17-2. to two. I'm like, dude, you ready to go? I hate leaving early, but we have a 10-hour drive tomorrow. So we left. <laughs> but, Seventeen to two, I'd leave too. But no, Sky or Rogers said it'll always be Sky Dome to me. But uh, Rogers said a really cool, um, cool stadium. It's it's not modern like uh, like the modern stadium. So it's kind of a throwback to the uh, late eighties, early nineties cookie cutter stadiums. Of course, it was the first uh, fully retractable uh, roof stadium. I, I think the. Uh, Expos had one, but it was not automatic. Uh, they actually had to roll the roof on or off. Uh, this one uh, works really well. The night I went, it was closed, so very loud atmosphere, especially with the uh, Reds getting beat uh, really bad. No drink holders in the in the uh, stands there. That's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but uh, they don't they can't afford cup holders there. I mean, no, nah, but the. Uh, uh, the, the concessions there were pretty cool. I, I didn't get a hot dog because uh, we ate at this place uh, called the Loose Moose before the game. And uh, they wow. had the, the sandwich I had, it was a bacon cheeseburger, but the bacon was baked into the bread. Interesting. It, it was very good. And then I left my tickets at the table in downtown Toronto. Uh, me and my friend are, are walking to the stadium, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, crap. I forgot my tickets. I turn around and the waitress, uh, she was right behind us, chasing us down, uh, handing me the tickets. So, uh, one, I'm glad I tipped her well. <laughs> but uh, yeah. secondly, that, that's just how nice Canadians are. So uh, the uh, the stereotype is is very true, especially when we got to downtown uh, downtown uh, uh, Toronto. Uh, but anyway, he was born in Toronto. Uh, his father was a chef and a baseball fan. And, of course, Vado is of Italian and English uh, descent. And uh, another note, uh, and this is not surprising, uh, he had a Ted Williams uh, poster on his wall. Uh, of course, he played baseball in high school at uh, Richview Collegiate Institute in 1997. Uh, he also played basketball as a point guard and once scored 37 points in a game. And he also played uh, hockey for uh, the Rangers in the town that I can't pronounce. Yeah, I was going to say, can you say the name of the where the high school is in Ontario? <laughs> now, this is something I didn't know. After high school, uh, he signed a letter of intent to play coll collegiate baseball 
for the Coastal Carolina uh, Chanteliers wow. uh, in uh, Myrtle Beach. I, I remember them uh, from the NCAA basketball tournament one year where they should have beat uh, Indiana, but the uh, referees gave it to Indiana because nobody is good enough to only foul two times in a single half. Were they NBA referees? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but the Coastal Carolina had like twenty fouls against them, and I'm exaggerating, but I, I really think in the second half uh, they only called two fouls against Indiana. It was uh, you could kind of tell they wanted Bobby Knight to continue on. I think it was one of his last seasons at Indiana. Bobby Knight was always in the throwing chairs. <laughs> That's always every time I hear Bobby Knight's name, I see that chair flying across the floor. Anyway, Vado went on to uh, be drafted instead of going to uh, college. Uh, he was drafted in the 2002 Major League Baseball Draft, 44th overall selection. And the general manager at the time, it, it's hard to believe there's still a player around from uh, that era because it seems like eons ago, Jim Bowden. Ah, uh, yes, Jim Bowden. We all have our uh, special <laughs> stories about Jim Bowden. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you, you couldn't go wrong with him drafting Joey Votto. That was very smart. Uh, yeah, he, he made a few good moves, Bowden did. Uh, thankfully, he never did trade Votto because he loved to he loved to acquire players and then just trade him. I guess he, my guess is he didn't see Votto as a five-tool uh, player. Well, fooled him. Yeah. <laughs> In uh, 2002, he played for rookie-level affiliate uh, Dayton Dragons uh, in the Class A Midwest League. He had 26 doubles, 14 home runs, and a batting average of 302 uh, before being promoted to, I didn't even know this was a Reds Meyer League affiliate at the time, uh, the Potomac Cannons in the uh, High A Carolina League. Got five more home runs in 20 games uh, to end the season with a total of 19 home runs. Uh, that year he also uh, played in the outfield and catcher. I heard that. So uh, that could be a good question for uh, David Bell. I, I would never ask that, though. But would Votto be like your fourth emergency catcher if you uh, absolutely needed him? I, I think at his age, I doubt he can squat that long in the game. <laughs> I, I would not I would not have him do that either. But uh, No. That would be a back injury. We don't want that. No. I, I mean, Johnny Bench at that age, uh, I think he only caught one, one or two games uh, mainly uh, – I think he caught the the Johnny Bench night, and that may have been it. May have been it. Yeah, I think that's the only time I've ever seen him catch. <laughs> uh, and then also in 2005, he got bumped up to uh, the Sarasota Reds of Class A Advanced Florida State League, hit 19 home runs there, struck out 122 times, and his batting average dropped to uh, 256. It's hard to imagine a 256 Joey Votto. Uh, other than last year when he hit 261. Yeah, but he rebounded the following year, though. Oh, absolutely. 2006. Uh, now, this is where my story comes in. 2006, I went down to my parents uh, at that time had a uh, place down in Sarasota. They hung out for like January through March. And uh, I went down to visit them one March uh, during spring training. And uh, me, my dad, and my uncle uh ended up on the backfields at sarasota and i thought we were allowed there but when i talked to the reds when i went to spring training in uh, arizona a few weeks ago like no you were never allowed there so we just kind of walked there no one said anything uh the security was a little a lot more relaxed compared to what it is in arizona if you've ever been out there but uh anyway we're back to the watching it was a off day for the reds uh we just walked back there to the backfield standing behind the backstop and i see this guy um just killing the ball i'm like why is this guy not on the major league team because this was when the reds were really struggling 2005 2006 and uh, 2006 is when Castellini took over the team. Uh, new general managers came in. And, uh, the, of course, a couple big trades happened while I was down there um, or near while I was down there. First, um, Bronson Arroyo uh, was or was acquired from the Red Sox for Willie Mo Pena and uh, saw Bronson's very first uh, game in spring training that year. Um <laughs> Tony Womack was at that at that point was going to be the Reds' second baseman, Ugh. and of course, uh, 
I what saw a him. Huge disappointment he was. I saw him. <laughs> well, in, in that game, he made so many errors. I'm like, this guy is not good. No. Uh, and then thankfully they made the probably the trade of the century, uh, trading Jeff Stevens to uh, the Indians for Brandon Phillips. Uh, yeah, that that definitely after you know seeing what Brandon did here, I mean that was a steal of the century. <laughs> uh, I, that was the best trade ever. <laughs> it had, it, it it's definitely up there. I mean we the Castillo trade for Dan Straley's up there, but uh, Jeff Stevens, uh, who I don't think ever made the majors, and actually I think ended his uh, minor league career back in the Reds organization. Uh, that has to be one of the best trades probably uh, in in Reds history. I would think so, uh, because Brandon Phillips, I mean, he was a relatively an unknown player. He was actually in the Expos organization originally, and then, uh, I don't know how Cleveland got him, and I got him in a trade or whatever, but when we got Brandon Phillips, I mean, that was that, that side of the field was set for a long time with Brandon Phillips and Joey Votto. Yeah, and Joey Votto in 2006, he did not make the Major League team that year, but uh, for Chattanooga, he uh, did what he uh, looked like in that backfield in Sarasota, Hit 319 for the lookouts with 46 doubles, 22 home runs, uh, led the Southern League in batting average. And 22 home runs in the Southern League is a lot. A lot of the stadiums are in uh, really humid area er, areas, but it's a hum, hum, it's not the humidity here where the ball just seems to carry with the wind and everything. It's a humid it's a humidity where everything is just dead. Like it, it feels like when you go outside, uh, you've already taken a shower. It's 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 that kind of uh, kind of uh, kind of weather conditions. I've been down to games in uh, Pensacola, seeing guys that uh, are supposed to be home run hitters, and look at their stats. They have ten home runs in late August. I'm like, okay. Then they get to the majors and they hit like thirty. <laughs> so yeah. so it, hitting twenty two in the uh, Southern League is is a, is a is a feat, whereas hitting twenty two in like the Pacific Coast League, uh, not as impressive. Well, I mean, Joey was, he was, I think he was well advanced by that time. He was, I mean, he, he obviously oh, had, uh, he obviously had Ted Williams as a kind of a, a, a teacher in his mind. You know, you watch him hit, you watch him te- he had teaching videos. We teach you how to hold the bat. He teach you how to swing. He teach you what to do. Oh yeah. I think Joey was probably a student of that game. Oh, he, during this, during his minor league career, he uh, carried the Ted Williams science of hitting uh, book with him wherever he went. So uh, Joey's a reader. He is a very analytical type person. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if he's to the Trevor Bauer advanced statistics level, but uh, he's definitely definitely near the same page as uh, as Bauer. He's very uh, very uh, inward thinking uh, type of person. Kind of a little bit of an introvert, uh, though. You, you do see him uh, as we talked earlier interviews. He's he can be very very funny very engaging. I, like I said, I love to have him do interviews every game. <laughs> oh, I would for, too. Just for the hell of it, you know, just go out there. Hey, I'm Joey Votto. Let's talk. <laughs> so, 2007 season uh, started out uh, playing for the Louisville Bats, uh, and then finally got the call up September 1st, 2007, uh, making his major league debut on September the fourth against the Mets. Uh, first at bat, he struck out his second major league at bat, only to be outdone recently by Tyler Stevenson. Uh, his second major league at bat, Votto hit his first major league home run. And Scott Hatterberg was hating life. <laughs> you his know, job was in jeopardy. You know, Scott Hatterberg had a movie made about him. Joey Votto hasn't, and that that is a crime. That is a shame. Joey Votto needs to have a Canadian movie named after him. <laughs> Of course, I'm talking about Moneyball. It's a, a Scott Hatterberg movie. Yeah, he was in that. He was with that 2002 Oakland A team that was incredible. Right, and and, and Hatterberg was a, I mean, he he was a pretty good player for the Reds. Different, definitely when they acquired him, he brought a different uh, philosophy to hitting to the Reds, and something that Votto uh, carried over to a different level. Uh, even to even today, when Votto struggles a little bit, he still kind of has that. Scott Hatterberg, get on base, uh, try to limit the outs as much as possible philosophy. Yeah, and, and I mean, the thing is with Cincinnati, when first baseman, we found incredible luck there. 
from Pete Rose to Tony Perez uh, to uh, Sean Casey. Sean Casey was incredible first baseman. Oh, don't, forget, don't forget about Hal Morris. Of course, Hal Morris, Nick Asaski played some first base. And then, uh, like I said, Hedeberg and then Joey Votto right now has been there since 2008, 07, 08. Right. But he's carried that. I mean, he's going to follow Joey Votto one day. You know, it's going to be tough shoes to fill. Very tough shoes to fill. And, of course, in 2008, Votto uh, started the season as a platooning, but that didn't last very long. Uh, Dusty Baker uh, made him the regular starting first baseman early April that year. And uh, that year drove in a career high or high five runs against the Cubs uh, in a game uh, in early April. And May 7th uh, of that year, he had a three home runs against the Cubs. He loved beating up on the Cubs that year. I think any Reds hitter loves to beat up on the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers, Pirates, anybody in our division we just love to beat up on. Right. Had a uh, four-hit game against the Giants that year. Uh, finished – I don't know how they th- – this was where the the uh, kind of the media bias in Cincinnati maybe not being that great of a team. He should have won Rookie of the Year that year. Instead, it went to Giovanni Soto of the Cubs. Uh, but Vano led NL rookies in hitting at 297, hits 156, home run 24 home runs, total bases 266, and had 42 multi-hit games with an on-base percentage of 368, slugging 506, and uh, broke uh, tons of Reds records, including most runs batted in by a rookie in a season. Um, the previous one was by Frank Robinson in, in 1956. So, uh, Votto drove in 84 RBIs that year in 2008. Did not get rookie of the year. And that, that is complete media bias. Uh, leading rookies in all those stats. There's no, no reason he should not have gotten rookie of the year that year. And, and where's Giovanni Soto now? Retirement. Right. Joey Votto's still playing top of his game. Absolutely. So um, whoever was called rookie of the year that year was stupid. <laughs> Joey Votto should have been rookie of the year. Yeah, I don't. I don't have G- Giovanni Soto's uh, stats in front of me, but uh, nothing against Giovanni Soto. He was a good catcher. He's a good catcher, not a great catcher, but he bounced around after the Cubs for he went a few places. But he wasn't rookie of the year. I'm sorry, it's not in my eyes. Right, 2009 for Votto was a kind of a tough year. Uh, in 2008, his uh, dad passed away suddenly. Uh, leaving uh, Vado with some depression and anxiety he had to deal with that year. So he did uh, did go on the disabled list uh, due to that, and also he's suffering vertigo uh, at one point in the year, or uh, not necessarily vertigo, but an inner, inner ear infection that was causing dizziness. Um, but He batted uh, bat at 322. Oh, yeah, he came back hitting. <laughs> came back hitting, and I think uh, that's something some Reds fans that always – uh, try to make fun of, which you should never make fun of anybody suffering depression or anxiety. No. Uh, but uh, they forget that he came, when he came back, he came back with a vengeance, 322, hit on base percentage of 414, slugging 567 and 25 home runs that year, leading in to the 2010 season of MVP Votto. And that's when the fans really turned – uh, to love Joey Votto, I remember going to a game and hearing the MVP chants uh, going on in September. The pennant race was on uh, that year, and, and Votto absolutely brought the team on his shoulders and uh, carried them into the postseason. A surprise year. No one expected the Reds to do the good. In fact, I remember early uh, that season, the Reds were struggling. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be another year of disappointment, and then Come September, everybody's wanting to go to games. Or come August, uh, everybody's wanting to go to games. They're scoreboard watching during rain delays. They're putting the Cardinals games up. Uh, of course, you had the big fight that year. Uh, 2010, a very special year for the Reds. Um, as, they, as they start to break into uh, a term I hate, but I, I guess it's kind of true, their window of opportunity that year, especially uh, since it was all – Pretty much homegrown talent with some veterans added into the bullpen uh, that year that we don't have in, two, in 2020. But uh, it's, it's hard to believe that's been 10 years ago. But Votto that year was he he was he was a threat because uh, he uh, reminded me a little bit of uh, Barry Bonds during the height of the steroid steroid era, where pitchers were walking Votto even with uh, runners on base just to pitch around him. 
Right. I mean, he only had 91 walks. It wasn't like Bonds. Bonds had like 225 well, yeah, walks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember watching Bonds get walked. I'm like, okay, well, we'll just walk him every time he, he comes up to bat. I yeah, mean, I guess I exaggerated that a little bit, but but it was kind of crazy because you would see Votto uh, come up, and, and especially towards the end of the season, and they would uh, walk him. Uh, to get around around him, even if there were runners on base. Now, I don't think they ever walked him intentionally with uh, with bases loaded, like I did see them do Bonds. Yeah, that was I don't know. It was Dusty was the manager too. Imagine that. <laughs> two, the two thousand ten team I thought was awesome, uh, even from the beginning. I just looked at the lineup and said, "This is going to be a, this will be our year." And Joey Votto was the leader. He right. was the guy going to lead the way. And Joey had a great 2010, like you said, he had 324. I mean, he was, he got better from the previous year. Right. He was, uh, he was on an all, he was on an all-star that year, uh, made it through fan roster through like the, uh, final vote that, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I couldn't believe you get that. He was on the final vote. It should have been in the starting lineup, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Uh, also that year on September 11th, I think I was at that game. Votto, uh, I was at that game in 2010. Uh, September 11th, uh, he hit his first career walk-off home run against uh, Justin Thomas of the Pirates. But that's not the funny part of that game. Uh, because it was September 11th, uh, part of the pregame ceremonies included a uh, demonstration uh, by Navy SEALs. And they... Uh, they, uh, I think it's one of the concussion or not concussion. One of the, uh, they're using them in the, uh, early on they are, they're using them in some of the cities where they have, uh, um, uh, riots going on. They'll, I can't remember what they, they're called flash, the, the flash bombs or flash grenades. Yeah. They, uh, they dropped one of those off. Uh, I think it's more of a smoke, but anyway, J- Joey jumps so much that he actually fell on his butt. <laughs> during the pregame, uh, but went on to have a great game. It was a pretty cool uh, demonstration too. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty funny. I was, uh, the game was awesome, and uh, um, especially considering that was his uh, first uh, walk off uh, home run uh, took place in the 2010 season. I mean, and it, and it followed with a bunch more. And oh, a absolutely! Lot of great, a lot of great, memorable ones. And he hit uh, three twenty-four that season, one hundred and thirteen yeah. RBI, one hundred and six runs scored, and thirty-seven home runs, including a grand slam on uh, May twentieth against the Braves. He even stole sixteen bases. Yeah, it, it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> which now that that may lead the team if he would if he would be able to do that this year. That's a career high for him. That's the only year he scored. He, he stole 16 bases. Right. Uh, he also won the uh, Hank Aaron Award in, in the National League that year and uh, 2010 NL MVP, uh, almost winning it unanimously. Yeah, I think it uh, wasn't Matt Kemp the runner-up. Uh, I'm not sure who the runner-up was, but the only other player to get a, a, a first-place vote was Albert Pujols. Well, that's understandable. And Votto that year, third Canadian in history to win the MVP award after Larry Walker and uh, Justin Monroe. Well, that's that's good company. Larry Walker, Hall of Famer now. <laughs> and the uh, first Reds player to win it since uh, Barry Larkin won it in 95. And then I, I remember hearing about that. I'm like, wow, 95. I, I mean, at that point, it was like, man, that seemed like a long time ago. Yeah, Votto said after uh, being named the MVPs, like not to be dramatic or anything, but after I was told, I couldn't help to cry uh, because I uh, know how much at some point this meant to me and would have meant to my late father. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure his dad was smiling. And he, and he also said, I, he's like, I did some pretty good things, and most importantly, we won. We went to the playoffs. It's been a long time since we've been to the playoffs, and I think all those uh, things together were the reason I won. Yeah, and, and I think it was he was winning for his dad and for himself and for the fans, because yeah. I mean we we hadn't seen a playoff game and and who knows I mean it would it was it been many years I mean it probably been ten fifteen years by that point but I mean it was it seemed like that he was the leader he became that leader that we were looking for for a long time. And uh, in 2016, uh, when he looked back at the season, uh, he told the uh, Cincinnati Enquirer that until 
Trout came into the league, I thought every year I could be in the conversation for the best player in the game, and uh, he uh, messed that up for everybody, Babe Ruth and Ted Williams included. He's ruining it for everyone. It's all his fault. (laughs) And and Trout is that good. I mean, uh, he's probably the best player I've seen in person. Mike Trout's incredible. And I saw a comparison, not to go off Vada for a minute, but I saw a comparison between uh, uh, Mike Trout and King Griffey Jr. at 29. Oh, I did too. It was, it was pretty ma- amazing. Yeah. The numbers uh, were pretty pretty close. Yep. Uh, 2011 season started off that uh, the Reds gave him a three-year deal to avoid arbitration. Uh, three years, $38 million. Uh, 2011 season was kind of a tough year for Votto. I believe this is a season he got injured a little bit. Uh, but was uh, uh, it 2012? No, 2000. I'm, I'm not sure. 2012, he was injured. Oh, okay. Uh, he, missed, he missed 51 games. 2011, he played and he missed only one game. In oh, okay. It wasn't that year then? Yeah. Uh, the team, the, the teams. I thought it was that year because the team struggled that that year, but uh, Votto didn't. 309 batting average, 29 home runs, 103 RBI, led the NL in doubles uh, with 40s. And, of course, uh, this is when the walks really started, 110 walks for the year, yeah. on-base percentage of 416, and won a gold glove award. That's the only time he won a gold glove. Oh, I know. That I, sucks. T- 2011, I guess, is kind of a forgotten season. Now, in 2012, he started off the year signing the largest contract in Reds history, uh, running through 2024, including the option. Um, it also included the two years that remained on the previous deal, so it ended up being a 12-year, $251 million contract, uh, which was the longest deal at the, in baseball at that time. And he'll retire as a Red. Um, he'll join Barry Larkin and Dave Concepcion and Johnny Bench, and amongst others that have played their whole entire career with Cincinnati, and that's right. cool. I think that's, that's awesome. It also made him the highest-paid athlete from Canada. Hey, money, money's good, eh? <laughs> <laughs> right. So in 2012, that was the year that he uh, was injured, played 111 games, uh, but hit 337, 474 on base percentage, and a 587 slugging percentage uh, with 14 home runs, 56 RBI, and still hit 44 doubles. Even... This, I mean, all these numbers were before he got hurt, and I mean, he had ninety-four walks, ninety-four walks at to, to eighty-five strikeouts. Right. So he and, was still in in the in the black. And eighteen, eighteen of those were intentional walks. Yeah, like you said, forty-four. Geez, forty-four doubles in one hundred eleven games. That's a that's a career high for him. Oh, absolutely. But then in two thousand thirteen, and that's his comeback year. Yep, two thousand in uh, two thousand thirteen. Uh, now, this is cool. I still have the T-shirt. I can't believe it's been this long ago. He was voted by fans on Twitter. I've probably sent 5,000 tweets. I rarely <laughs> use Twitter, but I did for that. Uh, he became the face of MLB. And deliver. I mean, look at that. That's a face a mother could love. I mean, look right. at his face. He got more votes than uh, Joe Maurer, Jose Bautista, Derek Jeter, uh, McCutcheon, and uh, Matt Kemp. You know what's shocking is he got more votes than Derek Jeter. <laughs> that is true. I, I like I said, I I'm pretty sure I sent like five thousand tweets out for that uh, for that Twitter contest. Red social media did did a great job. Had a social media night, and and I have a T-shirt that my kids point up and say "Dad" too. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not Joey Votto. I wish I was. No, you're not. You're not. You're not Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't hit four hundred or three hundred. Uh, uh, I, I I can in softball, but that's low in softball. <laughs> so uh, 2013 season, uh, pretty good year for him. He did play in the uh, World Baseball Classic that year and um, also made the All-Star team. Yeah, I believe. Wasn't that his first year making the All-Star team? If no, I, if no, I'm no, not two, no. 2010. That was, that was 10. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, 2014 season, uh, another injury year, but not as not as bad. Uh, actually, I take that back. That 14 was, was, 14 he missed 100 was, games. Yeah, that was really bad. That's when he had uh, knee, knee, knee problems that year. 252, hit only 255, 390 on base percentage, 409 slugging percentage, and only six home runs. So 2014 was a rough year. That was Brian Price's first year as a manager and the first year of instant replay, and both of those combined 
uh, were were a disaster. That that's a different rant. <laughs> you know, we could go on and on about Brian Price and the instant replay and the umpire sucking and the Joe Joe's <laughs> knee hurting him. That year, we could forget about that year. Yep, uh, we're getting into kind of the forgettable years. 2015, uh, Votto. Um, Struggling again, uh, he got ejected after a strikeout. I kind of remember this. Yeah, I did. I actually know it's starting to come back to me now. Uh, it was in Pittsburgh. He had uh, choice words uh, with Garrett Cole during the at bat, um, and then uh, during the argument, it appeared that he uh, had bumped Chris uh, Conroy, the umpire, uh, and got a one-game suspension uh, with that, which he did serve. I guess that's not the one where he apologizes. I remember another game where he did the, kind of the same thing. Uh, now this game, I think it was just, they were just, the banter was back and forth, and, and Joey got a little bit too close and bumped him. And I don't right. know if it was deliberate or not. I, I don't know. I mean, we could go with the, the Palazzo and, and Pete Rose argument where that one was a bump, but that was a finger to the face, but that's a different story. Right. Joey, Actually, he, but, he got he got suspended as, or, or uh, yeah, he got suspended yeah. for two games later that year, uh, which he shouldn't have. No, and that was also against the Pirates. Actually, all three games he was ejected that year were against the Pirates. One of them included uh, a a bench clearing brawl. I think this is almost when the uh, bean war between the two teams started. I wish Amir Garrett was around back then. <laughs> that would have been fun. And Joey had 143 walks that year. 143 walks, man. Right. Uh, but and also that year was uh, he started back his on-base streak. Uh, that year he tied uh, the Reds record uh, set by Pete Rose in 78 when he got on base for 48 straight games. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that because I was I'm a Pete Rose fan. And I, I, I see these, these records. <laughs> Some of these records you forget about. Now it popped up. I'm like, right. oh, here we go. Uh, and I wouldn't mind it if Joey Votto would be the guy that would pass Pete on that one. Yeah, he had 143 walks that year, uh, 314 batting average, 29 home runs, 80 RBI, walking 20.6% of his at-bats. Can you imagine if the walks counted for an at-bat? He had 545 at-bats and 143 walks. Yeah, and then that year he only swung at 19% of pitches outside the strike zone. He had 459 on base percentage. Wow. And uh, finished third in the MVP voting that year behind uh, Bryce Harper and uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Good names. Yep. 2016 uh, started off slow, uh, which is starting to become a theme for uh, Joey, Uh, and then turned it on. He became the first uh, Major League Baseball player since uh, Ichiro uh, to hit 400 after the All-Star break. He had 408. 490 and 668 in the second half of that year. Say that one more time because you kind of uh, faded out for oh, a second. 408, 490, and 668 uh, was his slash line. Wow. That's that's incredible. Uh, 326 average uh, was the second best of his career and uh, hit 29 home runs that year. He, he, he had 29 two years in a row. Um, but, I mean, his bad 326 batting average. I was looking at the batting averages because that's where that's that's how you should that's how you prove a good hitter. Oh yeah, Tony, total proof of that. If you watch his whole career, he batted 300 every year. Yeah, 435 on base percentage that year, 550 slugging, which was six in the National League, 108 walks and 97 RBI, playing 158 games uh, that year. Uh, leaders in OPS, uh, total bases and became the 10th player in Major League history to lead the league in on-base percentage at least five times. The only other players that have done it were Barry Bonds, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, Rogers Hornsby, Ty Cobb, Wade Boggs, and Stan Musial. Man, can you imagine being in that company? Just his name being mentioned with those Hall of Famers, that's incredible. Right. 2017 season was uh, the best recent season uh, finished the first half of the season. Uh, this is going into the All-Star break. Uh, 315, 427, and 614, slugging 26 home runs. Yeah, he was definitely on at that point. Uh, got an All-Star appearance uh, as a substitute, which is still ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah. nobody nobody gives uh, Votto love. 
course, you know, the Reds that year was awesome. This was uh, something fun that came from this year was uh, when he was trying to get Zach Cozart onto the All-Star game. He uh, And this is uh, one of the uh, times that uh, he, some of his famous interviews, he promised to buy Zach Cozart a donkey. A donkey, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yep, and then uh, he actually has appeared on uh, MLB Network's Intentional Talk wearing a donkey suit. I remember that, too. <laughs> I do remember seeing that. That was funny. Joey, Joey is the man when it comes to interviews. Right. I, I can't help it. Cozart uh, made it, and Joey did buy Cozart uh, a donkey. Uh, I do miss that Cozart. He was a fun player. Right. Uh, Votto's second half, uh, just as good as his first half, uh, had a streak of consecutive games reaching base multiple times, which spanned 20 games and was the second longest in MLB history behind Ted Williams' uh, record of 21. Any, anytime your name's mentioned with Ted Williams, you've done something really impressive. Right. Finished that year with a stat line, uh, 319 batting average, 578 slugging percentage, 106 runs scored, 36 home runs, a uh, hundred runs batted in, uh, led the league in OBP at 454, OPS at uh, 1.032, and walks for the fifth season in a row of 134. Uh, his walk percentage was 19 percent, and uh, walks per strikeout at 1.61, which just is amazing, and had 20 intentional walks. And 134 walks compared to 83 strikeouts. Right. Uh, wow. I mean, it's just crazy. He also became the first Reds player since Pete Rose in 1975 to start all 162 uh, regular season games in a season and just the fourth player in franchise history to do so, which that that's, that's kind of amazing as well. And he's one of those types of hitters who is a perfectionist at the plate. Right. And uh, came, there's nothing wrong with that. Came in second barely. Uh, in MVP voting, and I think he really should have got MVP because Stanton's good, but he pretty much just hit home runs, and, and then and uh, that part, the overall game, Votto had a better year that year. Well, I think we look at today's game; it's all about the home runs when it comes to hitting. I think that's what most of the these voters look at. They look at the home runs, they look at the RBIs, they don't look at the batting average anymore, they don't look at the on base percentage anymore, they look at the home runs. Right, so. Now 2018, 2019, we'll kind of combine these two years because I, I don't like calling it the decline years, but from from a stat standpoint, uh, you do start seeing a little bit of decline, not so much in 2018, uh, other than the power kind of went away. Uh, that year he did have another uh, issue with his knee, I believe. Yeah, he did. And uh, only had eight home runs, 44 RBIs, uh, did make the All-Star game. Uh, for the season, not too bad, 284, 417, 419 uh, slugging, uh, led the league in on-base percentage, uh, only swinging at 16.4% of pitches outside the strike zone, uh, which has, again, led the majors as the lowest percentage. Last year, though, tough year for Joey, was not the same player. Uh, 261, 357, 411 uh, slugging with 15 home runs, 47 RBIs, and uh, his swinging at pitches outside the strike zone again uh, went up a little bit, but uh, still lowest in, in the majors, 21.1%. Um, but uh, it was a tough year for Joey. He was not happy. Uh, he, he made that clear to everyone, and he was hoping to uh, turn things around, around again. The Reds, of course, had new coaching staffs last year. Uh, different hitting philosophies. Of course, their hitting coach from last year did not return this year, and I think a lot of it has to do with Joey Votto. Uh, could be wrong, uh, but when your best hitter is struggling, your hitting coach is probably going to be the first to go. Yeah, and we saw that with a couple of hitting coaches the last few years. Uh, and then they brought a hitting coach in this year. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> you know, I never I heard of him. Honestly, I never heard of him. <laughs> No offense to the to the gentleman, but I've never heard of him. Right, but uh, anyway, Votto this year hope, hopefully will turn things around. He's struggling right now. Uh, like I said, hitting below uh, two hundred right now, but uh, hopefully he can uh, turn that back around because he started the year pretty hot this year. Has uh, gone this last week in a little bit of a slump. Baseball is almost a little bit like football or fantasy baseball this year, where you kind of got to break things down week by week. 
Well, I mean, there's one. I mean, if you look at Votto, he's been at 46 at bats. He's only struck out twice. Right. That that's a huge improvement. And you know, it's only 46 at bats. Right. So, uh, questions about Votto, of course, always. Is he a Hall yeah. of Famer? I believe he's a Reds Hall of Famer at this point. I think he's he's still got a lot more years to go. I think we will be the judge and <laughs> a judge on that, and maybe when his contract's up. See, I, I completely, completely disagree. Um, I think he is he is a uh, Hall of Famer. I would say first ballot, but uh, probably the last couple of years may hurt a little bit. But uh, ha- having been to Cooperstown, seeing some of the players up there with similar stats. I I, th- I think he is going to end up being um, he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, he's, and especially since they've kind of expanded some of the criteria, or, or seemingly with some of the players uh, that were inducted, that were supposed to be inducted this year. Uh, I, I definitely think he is um, he is as good, if not better, than them. Uh, I know Baseball Reference uh, has some of his uh, Hall of Fame stats, kind of right on the bubble. Uh, some of them are over, some are not. And the uh, Jaws uh, stats, which I know a lot of the voters are now using, uh, Votto's uh, career war is uh, is up there uh, with the uh, – is at 62. The average Hall of Famer has a 66 war. Has a few more years to play to get that closer to that average. Uh, his peak war, though, is above the average his seven-year peak war is uh, 46.9. Uh, his Jaws uh, average is 54.4, which is right in line with the uh, average Hall of Famer. Uh, he is ranked 14th in, in the, in the uh, Jaws stats all-time first baseman. And then the, some of the stats we were going through before, we keep mentioning names like Ruth, uh, Williams, and uh, some of the other players, Pete Rose, uh, who should be a Hall of Famer if not for his own misconduct, uh, which is another show in itself as well. But um, I, I think I think Votto is going to be there. Gray Inc. Uh, his batting's one forty nine. Average Hall of Famer is one forty four. So uh, if if you look at at his recent stats, his last couple of years, you're going to say no. But I mean, if you look at Ken Griffey Jr.'s uh, last couple of years, you would think. And I, I think I remember some Reds fans, disgruntled Reds fans around that time, like, oh, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame or he's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he, he was almost the first unanimous Hall of Fame um, vote uh, getter. So uh, I, th- I think, uh, you know, if, if Votto could have one really good year, it was pretty much cement it. Uh, but I, I do think uh, Votto is a Hall of Famer. I, I think, it, like I said, I think – for me, you'd have to play a couple more years and see how he can advance himself and improve himself a little bit in the field. Having only one gold glove will hurt his, his uh, chances, I believe. Because even Larry Walker, if you look at him, he's had seven gold gloves. He didn't win. A, he didn't get to win a World Series. You know, he, his his numbers: three hundred eighty-three home runs in his career, one thousand three hundred eleven RBIs, about three thirteen. Votto's in the three hundred. He's about three hundred five career average i think he he will get there i don't think it's first ballot i don't think it'll be first ballot but i think uh it may be first ballot too the, the way that how 2020 is going to be judged by anybody is hard to say uh yeah. some some of the baseball writers may just throw this season out uh i mean it's it's hard to count on anything uh, this year uh in whether it's sports entertainment life in general this year is is kind of its own Little bubble. Yeah, I mean, even the, the, this year's Hall of Fame inductees didn't even get to have a ceremony. That sucks. Right. I mean, the, this year has really ruined everything. And, and even, I, I agree, I think the writers have just throw, totally throw this season out and not even count it. You know I mean, you play 60 games, there's not much you can look at. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know? But I, I think you, if there's something to look forward to, hopefully next year will be a different different time period for us. So uh, here, here's some questions uh, from some listeners. Josh asks, and this is not Joey Votto related, but we'll ask this anyway. Uh, should the Cardinals be allowed to make up their missed games or just forfeit and have to sit out the rest of the season? Of course, uh, that's some news we didn't get into earlier. The Cardinals uh, seemingly to have uh, more tests uh, 
turn out positive every day. So their series against the Pirates is going to be canceled. It's almost they're almost going to go two weeks without uh, playing games. So how baseball handles this, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Uh, they're going to have a lot of seven inning double headers, maybe, uh, or th- they should. Uh, I mean, I, I think I heard someone talk about they could just bring up uh, the guys from their. Uh, uh, practice squad uh, or the alternate site, but I think they're so worried because coaches and staff members have it that they don't want to expand the uh, take a chance on on it spreading even further in their organization. So, uh, and then of course you know you have the unfair um, is it is it a fair uh, for other teams that do play them while they have their minor leaguers up their triple A team uh, so to speak. So. That's a tough question. I, I don't know how uh, how baseball should handle teams that have uh, huge outbreaks like this. Well, I think I even I was talking about this on Facebook that you just I mean if you have to kick them out of the league because I mean, I feel the same way about the Marlins. The Marlins went and was they, they lost at least a week of, and they have to make those games up eventually. And the Cardinals are they're they're really behind right now. They're 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 in danger of losing the rest of their season if they can't get this under control. Then it's going to be a lost season for them because they can't do the smart thing. Right. Everybody needs to do the smart thing, and it comes to baseball. When it comes to football coming up, everybody needs to do the smart thing, and just do your your protocols. Your protocols are given to you before you even take the field. Right. Uh, Timothy Beadle was asking about Joey. Why does the fan base uh, refuse to acknowledge how t- great he really is? I think we kind of touched on that at the end of uh, his profile where, you know, it's, it's been some losing seasons. Uh, he's kind of had a couple of down years. So people remember what you've done for them lately more than what you've done overall and, and don't appreciate the big picture. I mean, reading through some of the stuff tonight on uh, Joey, it's, it's stuff that was kind of news to me that uh, he matched up with so many of the uh, great players, the legends of the game. So I, I think that's part of it. If the Reds uh, go to the World Series this year and Votto's a big part of that and hits the uh, game-winning single in the in Game 7, uh, people are going to be throwing a parade for him as soon as that's allowed. And even if, I mean, he gets the World Series, if, he becomes, if, he, if he's the World Series MVP, that will really – prove that he is a prime time player and deserves to be a hall of famer right and uh one last question uh, from julie uh she asked what's his, what is his main strategy in batting practice and how does he apply it in games uh not really sure if i can answer this accurately i, I have been at batting practice before watching him hit uh he does spend a lot of time talking to the coaches uh outside the uh, cage uh, during the on-field batting practice, I also know uh, that he spends a lot of time uh, training uh, in the off-season at his home, uh, either in Sarasota or in Canada. Uh, also spends time training uh, in in uh, early batting practice inside the cages at uh, Great American Ballpark. Uh, the uh, cages they have there are super advanced. Uh, the, basically, uh, they have one cage where you can pull up any pitcher and and the uh, it's going to simulate uh, that pitcher's pitches uh, for that day. It's it's it's, uh, it's it's kind of incredible the uh, technology that he has. And then uh, the, one other thing as far as his training goes, I know they have one of these in Cincinnati, and the Reds. Uh, he either bought it for himself, and the, I think that he bought one for uh, Arizona, if I remember correctly. And then the Reds put one in Cincinnati, a Great American Ballpark. It's called the Running Man. It's like a $5 million uh, or $500,000 piece of uh, exercise equipment that's supposed to help him get limber and and avoid injuries. Of course, you know, uh, a couple years ago, he started, he's kind of slimmed down and and looked a lot more uh, flexible and and, uh, stuff as far as, I think he knew he had to do that as he was getting older. So I, I think he tries to train right, eat right, and then he's, like we said, a very analytical. So his hitting approach is always going to be to uh, try to hit inside the tunnel, uh, so to speak. And I, he mentioned a little bit of that at Reds Fest that he needs to get back to um, to uh, hitting the the way that he hits, <laughs> so to speak. He said, I forget his exact words, but I know he mentioned something about a tunnel and then. He either got it too wide or too loose. I think he may have got it a little bit too narrow. So he's, you know, he saw a lot of thirds calls, 
called third strikes last year, and like you said, he's only struck out twice this year. So uh, he's definitely he's he's still being selective at the plate, but he's uh, he's trying to uh, trying to hit the ball. Yeah, and 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 like I said, what I've been saying with the choking up on the bat, I think that shortening his swing has really helped his game, and it's going to help him see the pitches better to know what's coming at him because he knows he's not going to swing at anything outside. I haven't seen him really go after the bad pitches, the sliders and all that. They're pitching him inside like most lefties get pitched inside. He's laying off those pitches. Basically, uh, his walks are going to be up this year, I think, even to 60 games. He's still going to walk a ton. Uh, his strikeouts are down, and I think if he keeps the strikeouts down, he's he's going to be a major player, uh, and maybe even the next year, because he's working hard to keep his game up, and because he knows he's getting older, he knows at his age they start slipping, and I think he, he he's well, plus he's got to work, he's got to keep that knee healthy. Oh, absolutely. He had that surgery, you know, in, in two thousand was it fourteen or something like I that? I believe fourteen was the was the year we talked about. Yeah, he had that knee surgery, and he knows he's got to keep that up because, I mean, if you don't keep that knee up, it's going to stiffen, and he's not going to be able to hit. He'll, he'll, he'll end up hitting poorly and fielding poorly. Right, and, and uh, keeping flexible is one, one of the key things. Uh, I, I know uh, Raleigh Fingers talked about it at the All-Star game in 2015 uh, on his theory as far as why there's so many pitcher injuries now. Uh, he blamed a lot of the, the way that the players exercise and weight train – and don't uh, pay enough attention on flexibility. So I, I think that's what that running man that I talked about does. Of course, Votto, uh, I know he's uh, watching his nutrition and everything else, which is a huge deal as, as you get older. Once once you get older, I mean, for non-athletes, you know, you used to be able to, when you're 22 years old, eat, eat a full pizza and lose five pounds. You can't do that anymore uh, when you start getting your in your late 30s. Well, tell me about it. I'm 44, and <laughs> I eat a pizza now, and my I'm I'm shaking the house, man, when I walk, and it's incredible. And that was our look at Joey Votto on the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown. I'm Scott Evans. Uh, coming up, we're gonna have some great shows coming up. Uh, be sure to subscribe on however you're listening to us. Uh, we're gonna have a show on the 2010 Reds on September 9th, September 16th. Another replay for Mike Mustakis. On September 23rd, this has been a highly requested show, Pete Rose. We're going to go in the depth. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? We will discuss. Also, we're going to take a look at the 2015 All-Star Game to wrap up September. In October, we're going to look at J.J. Hoover, an in-depth look on his uh, short career with the Reds, and it may surprise you. Uh, Also, uh, in that month, we're going to look back at the rebuild, Dusty Baker and the 2012 Reds, and many more episodes to come here on the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. Go Reds!